hey everybody, it is time for EMS Underground. I am Charles McFall and I am here today uh, getting everything set up and ready to go. Let me get my tag there and then I'm going to set up another little thing. And I'm with uh, the the T Hizzy himself, uh, Thomas Camplain. That's me. Look at that, my collar <laughs> all messed up. Let me get fixed up here. I got, got me. Get, I, get me a little ready here. I thought the military trained you better than that. Yeah, 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 you know. So I am going to get this set right. But, uh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about today. It's, it's been a minute, and we got a, I just listed just some of the things we might touch on because uh, here lately it's been where we start off in one direction and we end up getting off on a different yet good direction uh, as well. All right, there we go. Preview that. Boom, done. Uh, so, yeah, there's a video that came out for Athens for Everyone. Do you want me to start a watch party or not? Uh, you can. I mean, that's the only way to really invite people directly. Hey, yeah. Vanessa, Mike and Marsha, Tom Campaign joined. It's awesome. As you're setting that up, today's show is brought to you by grasshopper.com. Save $50 on your order at trygrasshopper.com forward slash EMS underground. And Grasshopper is a uh, voice over IP. So basically, it's a business line for your cell phone so people don't have to call your cell phone when you're a small entrepreneur entrepreneurial business like we is what we is yep so you can also help support us at patreon.com forward slash 911 studios and uh do all kind of cool stuff there and you'll probably have been hearing some ads in the the uh show so that helps out as well and on the podcast so that is really really cool all right inviting me to start yep. uh the watcher party so let me do that. And then I always forget to have a second tab open for comments. But, okay, I'm now watching your watch party. And you're now a co-host. And then I can see the comments over here. So, yeah, we've got a, a video from Athens for Everyone. And then there is, I pulled up about four articles right now that we've been sharing on our page. We've got more coming out. Uh, there's another article being posted tomorrow. I think I have one scheduled for Monday. Uh, we'll just keep finding them. I found, I found an article out of Florida about how statewide they're really pushing. Well, when I say statewide, I mean, it's not just one city's trying to do a program. It's a bigger push of here's how we can fix EMS, but it's, it's paramedicine, uh, in the community, right? It's something like Clayton County's doing and some other people are doing where it's at that, uh, dock in the box slash go to your house and, and treat you in the home. And one of the things they're suggesting is uh, basically I'm calling it paramedic decision-making where I can come in, I can triage you and go, you know what? We're not taking you to the ER. We're going to take you over here to the urgent care center or perhaps even treat you and release you right here. Right. You know, it's a uh, um, destination choosing. Right. Uh, as opposed to, well, we just have to go to whatever hospital they want. I mean, that's the thing, too. Part of part of what's going to play into all of this is when did we ever think that an uneducated public has the right to choose where they go and when they go? Uh, July 4th, 1776. 
Yeah, our forefathers who aren't now in heaven. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, they, no, they saw the, emergency medicine coming. They went, oh, you, still have you a right. Tom Camplain, but who you, eats paint yeah. and walks naked in the street, you have a right to choose which hospital. They didn't even have hospitals. Yeah, you know, but you still got a, a, a right and a say in your health care. I'm not saying not. you don't have a say, but if you don't know what you're talking about, and you go, I'm demanding to go up to Northside, and I'm like, but we're in Albany, Georgia, man. Well, I mean, there, there is a limit, but yeah. I think, and and I don't think, because my whole time working at Newton, there was nothing, I never went anywhere that was outside, you know, and we had a protocol. Yeah, you always stayed said, inside the house, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he didn't but, run calls. But we, had a, but we had a protocol that said, you know, there was a geographic location, and the state law says that the medical director can set that geographic location. And if you're here in the metro Atlanta area, I mean, if you've got, if you want to go to Grady, you should be able to go to Grady. I, I mean, typically, I do typically in the service, uh, in the take people where they want to go. And the services need to be able to handle that. But, you know, I've been, you know, been in that situation, too, where you, um, like, at the hospital, like, at, here at Newton, which is in downtown Covington, Newton Medical Center, we had our station that was there. And many times we'd go one block away from the hospital, and they're like, well, I want to go to Rockdale. Yeah. You know, well, there's a hospital right here, and if it's an emergency. Mm -hmm. Now, what I think, I don't think we should be able to take away the ability for you to... Um, I think we need death panels. Yeah. Well, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> that's, that's too soon. Yeah, too soon. <laughs> I don't think we should be able to take away your ability to choose which hospital you're going to, but it needs to be clear and up front that, you know what, your insurance may not pay for it. Then I think there needs to be criteria, and I think that's where some of these, these community medicine programs are starting to go towards of check the check boxes all right, all right. Do you have the, i mean what's the biggest thing starting now going through february what's one of the number one calls we run and the number one thing you see in the er the flu right and the first questions we always ask is have you given them tolerant motrin and in my experience that has always been the answer no what, do you know what is that? Good yeah one. and it's like well that should be uh uh well here Unless to keep doing the assessment. Right. Keep but what happens is we ask, maybe we make them feel bad, maybe it just doesn't nothing but us waste a breath of air on it. And we still take them wherever they want to well, go. I think I mean there there's gotta be a different way to do it. With televised medicine I mean telemedicine yeah. and stuff, if you call nine one one and you've got yeah. flu like symptoms, maybe that needs to be routed to a telemedicine. California center. is starting that. A friend of mine posted on Twitter the other day but, he had his first experience with telemedicine. But we're, but we're talking about this, you know, and yeah. I've been listening I've been reading a lot. You know, and I've kept yeah. my mouth shut online because you know what? And somebody pointed it out very clearly. That on Facebook and stuff, if you say anything, you got like these paragods out there that know it all. And they're going to argue, even though I'm sitting there and I'm like reading like, <laughs> y'all are so crazy. Somebody posted something said, you know what, uh, Georgia didn't license EMTs. Oh, EMT oh, oh, basis. I'm waiting for the, the punchline to come. Back in the day, yeah, right? Okay. And then they came back and everybody came attacking this person. Yes, they did. Yes, they Look, here's my license. Here's my patch. Well, you know what? I was always told it was called a certification, not a license. But, well, yeah, I think they were licensed back then. But you know what? They're both right because this is the problem. They're not speaking the same language. Yeah, okay. Okay? 
this girl was correct because what Georgia called an EMT, the rest of the effing country called them intermediates, people. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're talking about back when I got into it. Yeah. EMTI. Back yeah. In, yeah, if you were a basic, I'm sorry, a basic, starting <laughs> IVs. They had A's at the time. I mean, they didn't have A's, was that for, was a thing. For the, a was driver, for, basically. Yeah, basically. It was <laughs> yeah. for uh, the AED. But if you were calling yourself a basic and starting an IV, you're an intermediate anywhere else in the country. Yeah, absolutely. We were EMTs. You were if you were yeah. doing nationally registry, which I know Georgia had their own license exam, and Georgia called their own thing. Mm -hmm. But the level of training you were you were getting was the same as an intermediate anywhere else in the country. Yeah. So it's different, and then, you know, people are just arguing about this, and I'm like, man, I mean, y'all don't even know what you're talking about, really, um, and going after this girl, and, and yeah, um, and then somebody came up and said, you know, you shouldn't be arguing with, you know, people have been doing it for 50 years, well, when they're wrong. Uh, uh, wait, wait, know? what is... What does age have to do with anything? Yeah. How long have you been doing it? Hell, yeah. You know? What's that got to do with anything? I'm sorry if, and if I'm offending any of y'all out there. Go, but if you were He's sitting not there, sorry. I'm not. But <laughs> if you're sitting there and you're th and you were saying I was an EMT basic, and you started IVs on somebody, you are not. You are, a basic. You're not a basic. A basic cannot start IVs. A basic can give oxygen and oral glucose, and now can give nasal Narcan and I am Narcan. And I, you know, and assist, maybe, with yeah, stuff. and assist. Yeah, I mean, they had A, B. Well, the A, uh, A denoted that that intermediate or that EMT could now use a defibrillator. Yeah, and then the, the, the cardiac A, tech yeah. was that bridge between, and they, they, by the time I came through in '97, when I graduated '97, I started '96. They were doing intermediate only. They did not have any EMT A's or B's being currently certified. Now they might still be in the field, but they weren't being certified. And they had phased out cardiac tech, but then it was just the ACLS. Basically, it was intermediate with ACLS. You attacked on. Uh, so you could do the drugs and run those algorithms. Um, yep, and Mike and Marsha said that when they got into it, it was first responder, EMT, CT, and then paramedics. You're exactly correct. And that EMT could start IVs, could use a combi tube, give D50. That's an intermediate yeah. anywhere else. So what in the she's country. saying, what she was saying is there's different levels today is what it sounds like she was trying yeah. to say. Well, she was saying, you know, that it's different or and like it is Georgia, different. you know, and that's when Georgia was actually ahead. You know, Georgia used to be like ahead of the curve and now we've kind of fallen a little bit behind the curve a little bit. You say we ran rampant off the road and into the lake. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. So, uh, what do you want to tackle first? Uh, we've got uh, AMR def defends uh, their response, and they're dealing with. I think this is one right up your alley, where they're talking about dealing with the unions oh, up yeah. in Springfield, Massachusetts. Because I know that's a hot and, topic for you. Is, and is I really, I really wish I knew a lot more about it. But somebody made a good, you know, you know the the AMR came back, I guess, and offered them eleven percent. And I really don't think of it. Eleven percent seems like a lot for a pay a yearly pay raise. But you know, then you gotta think about well it's a contractual pay raise, so that pay raise may be for three or four years. They may not get anything else. But Yeah, and how much is eleven percent? We don't know what they're yeah. making. It doesn't say what they're making at the time. Uh, yeah, and then the cost and what's the cost of living like there? I mean yeah. I think that both sides really need to work on it together. And that's the thing about unions. I mean, they're they're supposed to be there to um 
to help the employees out. But you know, you got to give and take some too. And that's the thing about if you're if you're a union, you got to realize that it's your job to keep that company viable and healthy because if that company's viable and healthy, then they can pay you more. And if yes. it's not, and and the stuff I hear out on here, um, and and the stuff I hear on here with all these posts and comments, the root of it all for us is that people are complaining about, are you can work in Charles? Yeah. Like people are coming up with ways to like, well, and, and I understand they're overworked. Now don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. I think that they're overworked too. I think that a lot, there's a lot of services out there that are really overworking their folks, but then uh, there's some out there that aren't. And I'm sorry. <laughs> if you're working a shift and you're only running four or four or five calls in a shift, yeah. That in a 12-hour shift, that's not bad work because you know what, if you go to McDonald's and you work for 12 hours, you're on your free, freaking slinging meat all day. <laughs> You've been holding that for a while, yeah. <laughs> Am I wrong? You're correct. You know, you're if you correct. if you go to some manufacturing plant and you got to freaking build widgets, you're building widgets for 12 hours. You get yeah. two, you get what, two 15-minute breaks and a 30-minute break, and that's it. And you're I, back on the assembly line. I Keep work going. at uh, and Georgia if you Pacific. Get, and if you get behind, what do they start doing? Docking you. Docking you, and you yeah, start getting penalties. in trouble. They don't do that here in EMS, and we see it. We have our students go to the busiest services in the state to work, right? How many have came back, Charles, and had all their done, all their runs done in one day? Yeah, none of them. None. It's usually yeah. they got to go and do what? three or four rides to get their EMT. And then for EMT, yeah. you only have to have 10 patient contacts. Yeah. That, that's not like 10 transports. That's like 10 times saying, hey, how are you doing? Can I check your blood pressure? 10 times, basically, you that you could get away with that. But they go to DeKalb County, which is like balls to the wall all the time, and they're like getting three and four contact three and four calls in a shift and i'm sorry three and four calls in a shift is yeah not no and some some, of them some of them i think the most i've seen is eight come through now maybe it's third rider syndrome and the riders are going out and you get third rider syndrome but i'm sorry if you're averaging four to six calls in a shift that's not that's not a lot yeah. So, but, but where I'm getting at, and I'm and I don't want to get off like, oh man, he's all for the man. No, I'm not because I think that if you are, over no, he is the man now. You've got to give your employees a break. You've got yeah. to make sure that there's a balance there. You should not be overloading them and 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 working them to you know the nubs fall off. That's going to go into this video at the end, talking about some of that because uh, we're but, talking about call volume and versus the ability to handle that call volume. But I was talking to Chad one day, just in conversation. And the thing is, if you start deducting these calls, you're going to lose your job, people. That there, there, No employer is going to hire you just because you look good. Yeah, I've gotten a few jobs that way. I mean. Well, yeah, you know. I understand that. <laughs> you know, but that's a different industry, Charles. It, it may be care, but not health care yeah, yeah, industry. Yeah, so- yeah. But if you're if you're not if you're not out there producing they're not going to be able to 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 um keep you going which goes into what I think the problem is. And I've said this. I think the entire system needs to be overhauled. I think everything in EMS from the 
EMS office, to legislation, to the way that dispatches run, to the way that we respond. I think it all needs to be revamped. I, I do. It's it's messed up. I think there's some good things. I'm not saying that everything needs to be thrown away. I just think it needs to all be reorganized. But one thing that we've got to do is we've got to find the money. We've got to, only time we bill is when we transport. And we've got to find ways to bill. And we've got to find, we've got to get legislation enacted that tells the um, insurance companies, no, you're paying for that transport. You're not going to deny right. that transport. You know, like I went to the doctor, and I go to the doctor, and I'm in there for 15 minutes, and the doctor bills me $450, and the insurance company pays it like that. But yet you're getting an ambulance, and you do you go save somebody's life in an ambulance to take them to the hospital, and the insurance company is going to deny it the first time just to see if you'll resubmit it. And then you yeah. have somebody resubmit it. Yeah. And it keeps going, and, you know, it's like an endless cycle. So we should be able to bill for, if we go out there and we get a refusal, we should be able to bill for that. We should be able to bill for, like, oh, yeah, um, I've got a fever or whatever. Yeah. Uh, uh, one of the articles I was reading today was talking about how, uh, I think it had to do with a private fire uh, service, which is very rare, but it happens. Royal Metro has some. Uh, right. But basically, uh, the guy was watching his house burn down. The fire department showed up, and his house burned to the ground. And they billed him $15,000 and sued him for it when he didn't pay it. Right. And, like, that's obviously not what we're talking about today. But basically, that goes into this, this concept of that's part of the problem. How many people go, well, you didn't save their life. I'm not paying you. Well, the fire department's not here to guarantee your house gets saved. They're here... Let's talk about we're here for the living, right? If you're the one dying or dead, we're really here to help the living. That's where we can do the most help. And that's comfort the family or those who are sick, you know, those who can get treatment. I was telling uh, my students the other night, while you should never, ever, ever let anybody just call you an ambulance driver and tell you you're a taxi ride, we are an integral part of a bigger system. That means one of our most important jobs is getting from point A to point B as fast as we can while also starting definitive care. All right. And, yeah, uh, we are called ditch doctors sometimes, and there are some things that we do are, that are doctor level, some, you know, but not a lot. But we don't have MRIs and blood tests and, you know, all this other stuff, all this other machinery we can use in the truck. So we're not definitive, Karen. We certainly aren't doing good surgery if, if for some reason, you're doing any kind of surgery in the back of the truck. It's not good surgery, you know, because we're not specialists that way. So uh, we absolutely need to be moving our patients from point A to point B uh, efficiently and and edu with education and safely. and safely, yeah. That's the other thing I noticed people talking about on the um, on the chat thread it's about pay for it. education. You know, it was like we need to up the education standards. Uh, and up I, yours. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think education standards are fine. To be honest with you, where yeah. we're at, I mean, for the skills we do and the job that we do, we need to work on reimbursement. I mean, before you can. And that's something that people don't understand is before we can start paying people for associate's yeah. degrees and bachelor's degrees and paying pe people to do all this, we got to be able to pay them a decent salary. we got to get the pay fixed. And when we get the pay fixed, then we can start. Because, you know, people are going to look at it and say, it's not worth it. It's not worth it for me to get in debt to no, go out here to make really this isn't. little bit of money. 
You know, uh, I mean, e- even to the point uh, right now, ENT school uh, is is uh, three three to $4,000, depending on where you go. Yeah. And that's not much debt, right? You can actually, if you did that on a credit card, you could pay that off within the first year of being out of school and getting a job. But that's not the same as getting... Um, well, I don't think people understand what the role of the ed- it's it's the school's job to provide a foundation, and get them entry level ready. It is the employer's job mm-hmm. to do orientation and get them ready out in the field. Yeah, you know the employer just because they graduate school does not mean that they are completely one hundred percent ready. Whenever you graduate and you go from school, you should be riding with an FTO for a while. Mm-hmm. You should be riding with someone experienced, not just thrown to the wolves. And what yeah. it is is people are lazy out there. They see a new guy come in, and they want to sit on their butt and let the new guy do everything. And mm-hmm. that's not the way it is. Get off your butt and get out there and show them how to do it. Or there's those, those times when uh, you work at a slower service, and they don't take that downtime to teach you. Right. Here's the map book. Well, that's my day. I guess we don't do map books anymore. We do GPS. But here's the well, protocols. Here's the this. Books, here's other stuff. about when that GPS goes down? Yeah, there's definitely plenty of places signals don't reach. Uh, but those same people are complaining about the educational standards. I guarantee you're the same people bitching about having to sit in Con Ed. That's, they're being paid to be at, you know, by the yeah. way. Not everybody, I know not every service provides Con Ed for free or even pays you to be there. But I've literally been in classes where they said, if you're on your off day, come in for it. If you're on shift, we'll try to find somebody to cover for you. And you'll spend eight hours in class being paid to be here. And we're teaching you this, this thing that you have to have to keep your your certification. You know, I'm talking right. about like ACLS or PALS or those kind of things. And somebody's sitting there bitching about it. I can't believe we got to do this stupid thing again. This is so ridiculous. I've been doing this for 30 years. Yeah, well, it's changed in 30 years, old timer. Yep. You know? Uh, and those are the same people. Like, we need to update education, kids. These like, man, there's there, everything. I'm with you. Everything needs to be overhauled. The people coming out of school right now or at a higher level, somebody was, you know, ripping on people who can't pass the advanced DMT exam. And somebody stepped up and said, do you realize the advanced DMT exam is harder than the paramedic exam? It can be tough. I didn't realize it was harder than paramedics. I might challenge paramedic if I thought that. Yeah, they're saying, I mean, that's what people who've taken both said that the advanced is harder. You, you know what? Oh, we don't have access to that, do we? I was going to say we have we have access to a testing program, but we don't have paramedic level. I thought I might challenge that just for giggles to see what's up. Uh, but uh, Patrick Carey here in the chat room says, how about working conditions? But I've known Patrick forever. He doesn't really work, so his condition is he doesn't like to get off the couch. Or, you know, he- <laughs> I mean, the working conditions are, are what they are what they are. Uh, I think that the working conditions – that should be changed is the shifts, the shift schedules, and ensure 12, that they're I think not, twelve hours is your max. Well, that's the, my and, and that's the thing is that these employers and people out there that are stuck in the twenty-four hour conundrum keep doing it because if you are not working on an exit strategy to get out of the twenty-four hour shifts, you are going to be hurting really bad in the days to come because eventually the government is going to come in and say, you know what, twenty-four hour shifts are banned. Yeah. And if if something's not done, is having somebody coming, bringing in somebody, and running them to the bone for twenty four hours, and then not paying them anything, knowing that yeah. they're going to have to leave and either work overtime, at, 
where they're at, mm-hmm. or they're going to have to go somewhere else and work another shift, another job, to make ends meet. Yeah. That it, yeah, that's. Uh, well, let's talk about unions and talk about uh, requiring education, right? If we if if we somehow institute in our field that somehow, and I've honestly, uh, Tom and I've had some discussions about this. I, I'm not a rock hard stance on your know, education's dumb, but I, I, I've always felt like we as an American society overhype the piece of paper that comes from the education versus what you can actually do with that knowledge. And if we say, oh, well, all of a sudden, magically, a bachelor's is more important than just knowing how to be a paramedic, those states that are unionized, what's that going to do? It's what it does now. Automatically, if you're a if you a paramedic, you get X amount of money. That's what they've negotiated a rate. And you don't get to negotiate that yourself. My stupid microphone won't sit still. i got to put a weight on this thing or something. Um, but it, it's, you know, if I come in and you're hiring me, I might can convince you to give me 50 cents to a dollar more per hour once I really start telling my story. Like, oh, well, you've done this. No, you, and you start seeing where I'm going to plug in and help more. With a union, here's my paramedic rate, and that's it. That's it. You know, but with a bachelor's degree, it's automatically this. So that means you can go from zero to hero, no experience, in theory, in theory. You can go from zero to hero with no experience, get a bachelor's degree in paramedicine, Go to a unionized place, and automatically you're going to get paid the same as somebody who's been 10 years in the field that has a bachelor's degree. And you might kill somebody because you don't know what you're doing. Because now it's enough, and it's not always this way, but a lot of times it is us versus them on the unions and the companies that have the unions. And, and now it's like, well, you didn't negotiate that we have to put you with a preceptor for more than three days. So we're going to put you on three days with the preceptor, and then you're on your own because we're paying you. You need to be on your – I'm trying to get worst-case scenarios here because right. um, I don't believe everything works out that way. And that's, that is we, – we have lost the ability in this nation to barter. We have lost this ability in this nation to bring value for value. We posted another article that I don't have pulled – yeah, no, I do have it pulled up. That time to pay up right out of New York. Uh, the NYFD, the federal jury says the city must pay FDNY – EMS members for time spent preparing for their shifts because they were required to show up 15 minutes ahead of time. And time. Yep. So, uh, the Emory flight did that to us when I was there. Now, I agree. If you're, if you're on time, time, you're late. But, you know. But you should get, if you're required to be there, if your shift starts at 745, then you should get yeah, paid. Yeah, you should get paid. Exactly. Uh, I, I've told the times when I worked at Athens Regional, EMS and how their clock was so messed up, so messed up that if it's past a certain point in the minute, it jumps a minute ahead. And then if you were literally one minute late, you were written up. I was like, no, I'm literally standing. I get there at 6.55 and watch that clock. And, not, you know, you get distracted. You're talking to somebody. And it rolls over. It looks like it's at 7.00. And I punch my clock. And when I punch it, it comes up 701 because at a certain point in the minute, that's theft by the owner, in my opinion. Theft by the employee who's not working is clocking in and not doing your work, right, which is the flip side of this. And I've always said I've never worked for AMR or Grady, but from what I understood of how they did their shifts, I agreed with it, which in theory was – you have a crew that's on 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., right? But that's but their road time is 9 
uh, a.m. to 7 p.m. So you get, and I don't think it's a full hour, but you basically, they build in your shift, they build into your shift that time to come in, check your truck off, get the supplies you need, get on the road, be prepared for the day. And knowing you're going to run calls all day long, because, I mean, let's be real, DeCab right. and Grady and everybody runs calls all day long. Right. And now it's not nonstop. I mean, I, I rode plenty of trucks where we did eight or nine calls in a day, and I rode a truck where we did three calls in the same 12-hour shift. You right. Know? Uh, but you're going to possibly run. But then they give that time to come in and do what you need to do with your truck, and it's all within your shift. It's not 12-hour shift, but get here 30 minutes before and 30 minutes after, which makes it a 13-hour shift. You know, it's all built in, and I think that's that's definitely appropriate. Um, and honestly, this FDNY thing sounds just like that old school. We've always done it this way, right? You you recruit, and that's what happens, right? The recruits, somebody comes in new, is like, why is this? This is wrong. You shut up, rookie. You take shut it. Up. You earn your stripes. Da, 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 da. And it should be that way. Yeah. And you should be getting. That's where you you should be paying your employees. And if you're treating your employees wrong, and people want to know. And, and that's the thing that's getting me is that the only thing that people keep coming to is they keep pointing to the education facilities. Oh, the education system's why our system. Really? No. How? The, uh, yeah, I Give don't understand. Give me some details. Give us on some how details. This is oh, we need to up the education standards. I always will respond with up yours. Okay. Well, then let's up the pay. Yeah. Let's let's get better working conditions. Like Parrot, uh, like uh, Patrick was saying, you know. What about the working conditions? Yeah, working conditions need to be better. You know, there's some truck people are out there riding in trucks that don't have air condition and heat in it. Yeah. You know, where's the state saying no? If it doesn't have heat and air in it, mm -hmm. it's out of service. And where's a hotline number for whenever these medics are riding in it and if the employer won't fix it? Yeah. Um. Hey, I'm here at... Uh, you know, save your live ambulance service. And I've informed my supervisor that the air condition doesn't work in it. And it's 102 degrees inside this ambulance. Okay. And yeah. then that day, there should be a phone call. Hey, we need to inspect this truck. Mm -hmm. Okay, you won't fix it? Well, then it's out of service and we're fining you $10,000 or something. Taxi yeah. cabs have to go through more certification, it seems like, than ambulance services. Probably. Yeah. You know. Well, the uh, state keeps cutting the state office of EMS's budget, and they, their regulatory arm is like nail, so people try to get away with it. So, you know? so what we're saying now, right, is is a part of the rebuild is you have to have a, a regulatory agency that over that that is their job just to make sure it's all running right, and then you have standards. So that holds everybody accountable. Fire departments have to play by the same standards as private ambulance services as yep. do hospitals. Of this is the standard. Here's not just minimums. Here's working conditions of the truck. You know, like yep. you're saying, it has to be operational. Somebody, and we'll get to it because we, we have an article you about know, you know uh, truck drivers. Some of stuff. There are standards for truck drivers. They can't be on the road but X amount of hours a day. Right. Why don't we have that in EMS? Physicians, they used to take interns and work them to the bone and pay them nothing. And people were dying because physician, uh, inter the interns were making mistakes, yeah, falling asleep. That's happening in EMS, too. Pilots. Pilots only have so Same many Same thing with pilots. Time. So we need stuff like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. It needs a whole yeah. overhaul.
And and uh, somebody was saying, I don't think we have that article pulled up today. It might be coming out later. But I saw it somewhere. Somebody commented because not all not all the articles we find directly. Some of them are on groups. And I'll I'll reshare them and those kind of things. But somebody said, Yo, yeah, I've seen uh, my ambulances get inspected, but like that is a medic, wasn't owner of companies like a medic. Like yeah, no, they turn on the lights, but they didn't put it in gear, make sure it runs. They didn't crank it. Right. They didn't. They just went okay. You got gear. You got the lights. All right, moving on. And it's a rubber stamp inspection, but at the same time, I'm gonna play devil's advocate. At the same time, uh, I know in Region Three, with his, which is huge, you got EJ and a part-time helper that's supposed to go yep. and do the part-time helper for hundreds for, and hundreds. I, I said almost thousands. Thousands, yeah. You know, I mean, if you just AMR thousands alone and thousands with their, their fleet that yeah. they have, because they have. A you got AMR, you know. and then Grady, and then Metro, and Puckett. Those and are just the 911s, and yeah. then you got all the non-emergency companies right. out there. So I, I guarantee you there's over a 1,000 trucks on the road in yeah. Region 3. And one, two people have to inspect it. and they have to, How long – I mean, if you did a good inspection, Tom, because you've, you've dealt with good trucks, right. how long does one truck take to inspect? Um, Not long, actually. I mean – 10, 15, 20 maybe, minutes? yeah. So uh, – if you do a steady job, 20, let's call it 20, that's for an hour, and you're going to do an eight-hour day, right? That's that's not a lot of trucks. Yeah. I mean, you can't even get through AMR in a couple day. of days. Right. You know, and that means all the other services aren't getting inspected that, in that yeah. week. You know, it's, 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 it's well, a, I think the inspections, a problem. Yeah. Why, why, why is it one person have to inspect them? Why don't we have an ambulance inspection station like we have car emissions? Or trucks. Or trucks. We have the way stations for trucks. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. saying. The whole system needs to be overhauled. And the problem is, and something I've talked about too, and I'll just throw it out there for people to, to ponder on, is that our governance system in EMS needs to be overhauled. I mean, I think we need a board like the nurses have, and it needs to be a board of people who are put on there by elected officials who govern us. There, there should be steady limits on how long somebody can be on there, and you shouldn't have an office that just can make decisions on a whim. It yeah. should have to be go through an approval process so that things are on the up and up, you know, and yeah. so that, you know, this zone is – just not taken from somebody just because yeah it needs to go through there needs to be that process and rules are made after being you know open to the community for comment and then voted on by the board and then implemented by the state office that's my take on it and then we need checks and balances is what you're saying yeah checks and balances there's not any Mm -mm. how come at, at the highest level of government we we have checks and balances we have the court system we have the congress we have the president all checking each other and keeping things in balance but here where lives are literally on the line it 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 depends on it literally depends on where you are to how it works all right in one state yep you know yep. that's that's that is great. south fulton didn't even get to pick their own provider right they get told or dumbwitty what did yeah well <laughs> Even though that's yeah, a, yeah uh, with the decision that came in that one. To be honest with you, I was just poking fun. But, but, but there poke. was there was at least a process there. Yeah, and it was determined. But, the it was a, was but not the thing is, presented. it's a non-binding process. That board True. could have made the decision that says no, everything's fine, and then one person could have said, you know what, I, I'm just going to do whatever I want. Yeah, on the on the the, uh, the committee, yeah, or whoever not even runs on the committee. It. It, it, at the state office. Well, we reported Everything on... the committee does 
is advisory only. Yeah, and that that's there's a paper from what 2007 that a big advisory committee was formed and you worked mm-hmm. with some of it and I mean we were talking with AJC about it. And we uh we went through and looked at the revision. I'm this is the first time I'd even heard of it and I'm looking at it and going well, that, a that's thing. a that thing that would have fixed a lot of stuff. That's a, and never nothing, nothing out of that happened. Nothing happened. Not a thing. Just wasted some money. And I think what it was is that people went on a tour of the state because it went around from city to city and stuff sure. like that. And it was just a politics. You know, and I, I somebody was talking in one of the groups and they said, uh, you know what, you need to get involved. Go up to EMS State at the state capitol. And somebody immediately went, that's just a photo op. That's just dumb. And I yeah. agree with that part. It is. EMS State at the capitol is not where you're going to get somebody's ear seriously and say, this is what's wrong. Here's a solution to fix it. It is a straight-up photo op. But don't do it on EMS Day. There are phone numbers. There are emails. You can be writing in right. and calling in. And but there's still no using organization doing that. Who's our lobbyist? Who's doing that? Yeah. You know? What, who is deciding, you know, who's driving the ship? We've got a lot of people on the boat, but nobody's directing the boat. Why if we went to more of a sheriff's department kind of, but I don't know if police chiefs have to run for office, but the sheriff runs for office, but then the sheriff runs everything. And the, the county and the state, I know, has mandates on how it runs. The county has mandates on how it runs. Director of EMS should be an elected position. Yeah. You know. Well, the thing is, is that EMS isn't considered an essential service in the state of Georgia. Explain what that means, because you told me about that earlier today. The fire services, you know, counties and the state are required to ensure that there's fire departments and police departments or law enforcement departments. There is no requirement for EMS. So if Newton just, if the, if, the EMS services says we're not going to Newton County, then they don't have to come. Barring a contract. If the yeah. contract expired and all that stuff, there's nothing requiring it in law. And there's only like 11 states in the country that require that EMS is an essential service. The rest of the states, it's non-essential. So that that's why we still have counties that do not have an ambulance service right. covering... Their the county. area. That's a that is a. Uh, but I guarantee you, they got a fire department and they got a sheriff's department. Yeah, because they have the fire to, department may be volunteer, but it's still a department. Right. that's there. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. You can't just shut down fire and not have it. I mean, it might still be the lowest ISO rating, which has to do with insurance, but right. it's still there. Uh, there's a shortage of volunteer EMS workers in ambulance rural in rural America. That was a headline you sent to me. And that um, that it, it just it blows my mind. That I mean, the story that leads with it, you know everything leads with drama. Let's just be clear: everything leads with drama, especially yeah, I in the ain't news. Gonna read it if there's not a good drama. <laughs> I, I I you know I can't argue with that because I'm not gonna read a cold report of statistics and numbers. I get bored. Right. But also, so the last thing we're gonna talk about is just too much drama will hook you and get you in the wrong direction. Um. Is that where's the article? I'm looking for comments Which on one? it. Uh, it must be this one about what happens if no one you call. Yeah, what happens if you call nine one one? No yeah. one comes. Uh, some of the stuff here is I uh, would need. Uh, well, this one's talking about we need to be able to tell people. This is somebody who didn't read the article. Uh, Tim M says we need to be able to tell people not uh, we are not taking you.
it's not an emergency, that'll free up a lot of crews. That's not what that article no, is about no, at all. The article's about that because people are stuck here in the state of Georgia. Whenever you go, you know, New York, let's take New York, for example. Everybody think, when, you, when I say New York, what comes to your mind? Um, Jay-Z, honestly. <laughs> That's, Which yeah. is New York. Yeah. The city of New York, right? New York New City York. is what you yeah. Yeah, not the Where whole state. All your dreams are coming true, yeah. right? Yeah, that's it. So that's what people think. City of New York. What's in City of New York? FDNY, right? Yeah. Well, the top they got, once you in get the outside the city of New York, guess what it is? Rural. I learned Very that. Rural. I have a bunch of friends up there. Volunteer. Yep. Or either they have a paramedic, one paramedic and chase car that covers thousands of miles. Indiana. Um, your student, and they got, we've had him on the show. Uh, you mean Illinois? Illinois, yeah. Yeah. Where, Mark, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mark Kennedy. Mark Kennedy, where there were two like medics two in medics. cars. Two and, medics in And Russ is volunteer. Yep. I was like, are you, what? That's it. What? That's all they have. And Somebody so, called Doc Brown. So what's happening is, and people are like, oh, let's up the education standards for paramedic. The majority of EMS in this country is volunteer people. That's crazy. People just think because they're stuck here in Georgia and they're paid, and in some places in Georgia, you might as well be volunteer because you're not getting paid hardly anything. But in Atlanta, you're getting paid decent. But outside of that, there's really no volunteer EMS agencies here. You go to Alabama, there's some. There's some in Florida, Mississippi, Tennessee. Everywhere else, there's basically there's volunteer agencies. And... That's what these communities rely on. So, okay, so let's make it a requirement to have a degree to be a paramedic. Okay, do you think that Joe, who works his factory job, is going to go get a degree so he can volunteer? No, no. <laughs> no. No, we have to address those things. It's like, you know, we were talking about Aunt Oglethorpe issues with the mm -hmm. volunteer stuff. We got to think about that, too. Now, it's not saying that, hey, we're all professional. We want to be professional. Okay, well, then how do we get it in these areas that are volunteer? How do we get professional and paid people there? Yeah. One, that's why I keep saying the reason why it's volunteer there is because there's no money. We've got to get it where we get paid to do this job. Mobile County, Alabama, the second largest county in the state, the city mm -hmm. of Mobile, paid. Okay? Okay. Outside the city? Volunteer. Rest of the county. It's a huge county too. Yeah, you were showing me that the other day. That's that is and that is crazy. Crazy. I mean, it is. But you know what? They do a good. You know, the city, the Mobile County EMS. It's a great system. Actually, great volunteers. So they got great equipment. They've got um, programs and stuff for people to do. You know, sure. stuff. You know, free training. A lot of events and stuff. They do a good job. So shout out to them. Uh, and, and there are definitely those communities that try. And that's, that's just the biggest problem with how everybody wants to tackle this thing. And I believe that our current leadership does the same thing. You're literally only coming from what you know. Instead of learning and surrounding yourself with people who have come from different walks of life and different adventures. So if you've only ever worked an inner city, DeKalb style, Grady style EMS service, you come off very condescending. And th like the, the instant responses to this article, 
very few people read it that commented. One's talking about 99% of all calls are not an emergency. Blah, blah. That's the endless BS. One's talking about how we should be able to take them where we want. Another one's talking about having to work in a snowstorm. I'm like, that article is not about any of this. And your problem is you're knee-jerk responding, and this is why we can't have change in this business. Because I've watched over the last couple months if we post these, and the number one generic answer we get is change will never happen. Yeah, because of you, Eeyore, and you won't you won't actually shut up for a second yep. and go, how can I help? How can I change this? And that's that is a huge problem of Mobile, Alabama. Write a you know yeah, you write, write right here, yeah. write a letter. Exactly, and we you know we can start some petitions and whatever, but I mean but maybe that'll come not one day. One. But you just got to keep. Yeah, you, you got to keep, keep hammering your, it. You got to keep it. And 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 how about you stop poo-pooing on it, people who are trying to bring change yeah. or say something? You know, everybody's fussing about the potential retirement that Chad Black's going to do. Now, is that going to fix our industry? No, no. it's not. But it's a, it is something it's that's important to them. It's a piece there. But oh, they tried it years ago. I'm sorry. When you were dating, you dated one person and y'all broke up or you got turned down. Did you stop dating for the yeah, rest exactly. of your life? You don't keep trying? Are you serious? Keep going. And stop coming at this. I mean, comprehend. 20-minute response time. And we're going to get to that. It's coming up specifically. Somebody couldn't wait 20 minutes for an ambulance. Or, and let's go with Dunwoody, where they start nitpicking response times. Wait, you got qualified firefighters on the scene who are paramedics in advanced DNA. And who can do all the medicine. The only thing they can't do is transport you. And maybe a few extra little things. But for the most part, I think they can do everything. Right. But that's not good enough. Whoa, 20-minute response. How about these counties who have that one medic in a car? I mean, didn't, didn't uh, did any any volunteer as well? Yeah. I mean, I mean, it's like him and one other medic in the in the mark is him yeah. and one medic in the county, and it's when they're not working their day job somewhere, right? You know. So how about that? How about there is no nine one one to call? You right. know, I do remember when nine one one came to the There's U.S. Counties here in the state of Georgia that have no nine one one. I remember having whenever you'd move into a new house as a kid. Uh, for me, as a kid, you know, obviously my parents were adults. Uh, you get that magnet and the the right the thing it had number, it had right. sheriff's department number, hospital number. Yep. If if you're lucky enough to have an ambulance, ambulance number, and you just dial them out directly. Yeah. You know, and and we're it's it's this kind of com these kind of comments, while not wrong, they aren't helpful. And that's something I've taught my kids, and this is something I want to tell everybody listening and watching right now, is did it help? Did it make a difference? Did it change something? Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay, so 99% of our calls are not an emergency. How does that fix anything? It doesn't. We spent decades educating the public to call 911, and now they do. And sometimes it's too much, and, you know, we've swung to the other end. But what about those medics who walk into the house and go, you're not hurt? And you want to sit for an hour and argue with somebody about going to the hospital instead of just taking them. You know? Right. When you could have went ahead and took them and be done. Or you them. take them and you, you bitch about it. I mean, I've heard some friends of ours while I was working at yep. Newton who back when Porterdale, before they cleaned it out, was that's where the poor people live. Right. That's where all your crappy calls were. And so, somebody said we should fence off Porterdale and let them fight it out themselves. And I went... Wait a minute, dude. We're here. We're here to help people. Yeah. Wait. Wait a minute. That's a little and, dark, and, man. And what are you paid to do? You know, I've worked out. Yeah. I've worked in a field where people complained about running a call and get mad whenever you told them to, you know, to get in route. When I'm like, it's six o'clock in the evening and you've ran one call today. You know, that's 
ridiculous. Yeah, Douglas says volunteer first responders work with paid EMS. The service wouldn't even be what it is now without those volunteers. Exactly. I mean, out in Northrop County, yeah, and other places. And, and it's an essential thing, and we have to think about the entire system, and we all got to get involved somehow if we're wanting change How about to happen. This, you know, I know people are going to call in or write in rather and and yell at me for being a socialist. And let me go ahead and get that uh, email up there for you, so you can. Make sure you email me directly. Um, <laughs> how about we make this an essential service? And sure, put a degree on it. But if you're going to EMS, it's free. But you have to work for five years or you pay back the debt. Yeah. And the well, service system. Well, the thing is, they already have something like that. Now, if you... Some places, it, it's, it, it's not a federally funded well, universal yeah, thing. Yeah, they do. Really? Yeah. If, if you, but it's not for every service, and this is where it's not fair. But if you work for 10 years in public service, mm -hmm. your student loans are forgiven. So that's a program that's out there. My student loans came after I worked in public service. I had to pay mine off. Yeah. <laughs> so, so if you yeah. are working in public service, and it has to be for a government agency or a nonprofit, and that's where it's not fair. You have to work for a government or a nonprofit. So if you're like working for AMR, which I think, which I'm pretty sure is a for-profit corporation, or you're working for another service that's for-profit, like national or something yeah. like this, you may not qualify for that. Which and you're right, I that's think not needs, fair. That needs to be changed because they're still providing public service. Yeah, I mean it should be changed to 911 service, not you know, not for profit or blah 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 blah. Um, uh, but that that is my thing is. I had to go get my education, then I had to go fight for a job, then I had to come up through really, really crappy pay and make ends meet and, and try to make that work. I mean, it was it was a bad time to go through all of that. And honestly, I always looked at volunteers and I appreciate them, but I was like, why? Why are you doing this for free, you know? Uh, Douglas, who mentioned it here, he, he loves being out in Oglethorpe County. That's his community. He was born and raised there. And there's been once or twice, more than that, I'm sure, but let's just go with once or twice recently that I have said, why are you working so hard for to push this rock? And it's a really big rock up a really big hill. And it's going to take him pushing it up and then handing it off to our predecessor to, to push it for more years for anything to really change. And it's because he believes like we do. If you don't stand... And fight and say, first say, no more of this, you know, whatever this is. No more of this backwoods, dumb, negative, stupid way of doing things and more of coming together. And here's how we can change it for the better. If you're not the difference you want to see in the world, then why bother? You know, yeah. and I was that guy for a while. I was that guy who just wanted to bitch about the company and everything else. But the last thing we want to talk about here, actually, I'm going to take a, a, a quick break right here uh so we can do the ad for the podcast and and uh yeah just so you know, i just put a a link on there for the public service loan forgiveness program all right and it actually has like a it looks like an ems oh well it's somebody you know emt paramedic or something there uh you know for their spot but it says here you know whether the qualifying employers government organizations at any level not-for-profit organizations that are tax-exempt, and other types of not-for-profit organizations that are not tax, that are tax-exempt. Employers that do not qualify are labor unions, partisan political organizations, for-profit organizations, uh -huh. 
which this includes for-profit government contractors and not-for-profit so organizations AMR that are not tax-exempt, yeah. which that's why I'm saying I don't think that is. So I could I work mean, for uh, Piedmont Newton because it's a not-for-profit tax-exempt. Right. And, or I could work for uh, a county directly like Jasper County. Right. But working for AMR, National, Metro, Buzzies doesn't count. Right. Yeah, and and if you've got the student loans, you can get put on them the um, contingent. They've got like a um, salary contingent plan where they base the payments off your salary. So you make that minimum payment for 10 years, but you can't miss any payments. Yeah. So you keep, you make, you got to make those payments for 10 years. And once that 10 years is over with, then it's paid off. But you still got to make the 10 years worth of payments. Yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot to all this. So all let's right. turn it over to Charles. <laughs> so as as we talked about earlier, uh, today we're brought to you by Grasshopper. That is a voice over IP type oh. phone. Now, Tom, when you started doing this school, yep. you could have gotten a straight-up phone line through Spectrum uh, or somewhere else, right, yep. for mm-hmm. the school. Why did you go with uh, the the software version like Grasshopper instead of the actual phone system? Well, um, I like being mobile, so you could put it on any phone that you had. So if the phone calls would forward to cell phones, you could turn that on and off. You could put, you could have like the ring through, so it would ring to me first, ring to you second, or you could have the extension set up, which is really nice. And then you had voicemail and transcript voicemail and all that as well. Yeah, I, I liked it too. I mean, that's what I like about all of it as well. And I mean, Grasshopper offers all of that stuff. Uh, as opposed to, yeah, you get a phone line in your business and you get an answering either a service or a machine, but you're still missing calls. This way, with Grasshopper, you're never missing a call. Uh, and for those who are listening to EMS Underground or watching here live today, uh, you get $50 off of your order at trygrasshopper.com forward slash EMS Underground. Uh, so, you know, if you want to start your own business or your small ambulance company, those kind of things. And a lot of medics actually run a lot of side businesses, a lot of right. uh, construction and, and different things. I mean, that's kind of what we do. We have time to think, and, and paramedics by nature are go-getters. So, again, I mean, you want something. It's as little as $12 a month. You can save $50 on your order at trygrasshopper.com forward slash EMS underground. All right, so you found this video that initially made my blood pressure go way up. I mean, that oh, was in the yeah. first three minutes. And I stopped it, I calmed down, and I watched another three minutes and got mad again. So I took a couple of days. Uh, but this is from Athens for Everyone. Right? Actually, no, it's not technically yeah, from Athens I, for Everyone. I thought it was. Let's see. I think it's technically this guy who does his own channel. He works with Athens for Everyone. I'm looking it up specifically. I am. Uh, right now, now, just so you know, I reached out to Athens for Everyone, and I've reached out to the Transparency Project, and I just want to throw it out there that they have not responded back yeah. to us. They were on our show once, and we'd like for you to be on the show again. We would like to have your side. We want to hear what you have to say. Uh, we think that you've got some good points. We agree with some. We don't agree with some. You know, But that's life. If you agree 100% with somebody... Right, but I'll say I agree with a lot of it. On the other side, we've got Jimsa. Same thing. I agree with what a lot they say. I don't agree with some. But I think if we all come to the table, we could make something work together. At least you get your sides right. That's what a debate yeah. about is about. A debate in politics is not about changing your opponent's mind. It's about 
And that's not what we're talking about. It's not a debate. But I'm just taking the worst case scenario there. It's about getting your views out there to let other people understand what you're saying. Right. And honestly, if you can't be pushed on what you stand for, you don't believe it. Right. And you, you don't stand on it very well. Uh, but this technically is Athens pol Politics Nerd. And this is a show that he does. Uh, but he, he does say he works with Athens for Everyone, but it looks like it's not officially. I thought in branded. the video it talks about Athens for Everyone. It does. It does talk about him. And I mean, he says he he says he works with Athens for yeah. Everyone, but all his links are for him. I just want to be clear in case Athens for Everyone goes. Well, that's not really us. I mean, he might be the person who runs Athens for Everyone. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but this video, so I, I just kind of broke it up. And Tom even fell for it a little bit. It is emotional jerking. That is what it is, the heart of it. And this is why we can't have nice things. This is why we can't make progress in the field between the people who just want to shout you down of, you're wrong, it's not 90% non-emergency, it's 99%. How about you stop bitching about what you think is wrong in your, your crappy past and actually start changing something? But then you have this of, but unfortunately, every five seconds it felt like he's going, unfortunately, they died. There's very little details until the end. Mm -hmm. buried in all this emotional crap. It's an illusionist. It's, hey, watch this over here. I'll feel that over there. He gets actually some good questions. And, like, why can't you just give me the good questions? Why can't you just be more straightforward? So the first thing that they start off with is the that what what Dunwoody has anything to do with national EMS. This is a national yeah. EMS hit piece is what it is. That's all it I is. I mean, it is. But they start off talking about the, the – I, I got to say the stupid parents in Dunwoody – who who even done when he drug through the political mud of going, hey, look, they had this kid who had a history of seizures, and they were having a seizure, and the ambulance never came. Well, this guy made the mistake of actually putting in a few more details, which is at 20, they, in less than 20 minutes, they decided to leave the house. Nowhere does it mention whether fire was dispatched, which from what I understand, fire actually was dispatched and actually showed up. Mom, who's uneducated in medicine, was freaking out as moms do. And I want to tell you as a parent, you'll hear it in the video. Oh, she's turning blue. She's not getting her brain's not getting oxygen. You know how many people, as a medic, how many people that have surrounded me with my kids who freaked out because my kid had eaten a Popeyes and his lips were blue. I'm like, oh my God, he's blue. I'm like, do you not think I know what I'm doing with my own kid? I'm a paramedic for crying out loud. You know, calm down. People get focused on the wrong thing. So I'm not saying the kid didn't have, but here's why I know the kid was fine. At no point in any of these reports, not from Dunwoody, not from this guy, do we have, and the kid had brain damage, right. and they sued the company, or the kid died, or had anything negative happen. No, it's all about, they didn't get it. 20 minutes, Tom, in DeKalb County. Are you kidding me right. that you can't wait for that? So that starts off with, I mean, that's not what he would, and that's that like, nothing he to starts do off with, with this big thing, right, and, and then nothing he to do with national. It's, it's or put Athens, in, or anything to do with Athens. Right, and it's put, the title is, For-Profit EMS Putting Georgia at Risk, uh, a question mark, uh, but then it goes right into national, uh, so I have a question for you, Tom, one of the first points he makes is uh, National's a for-profit company. And to make things worse, as he puts it, they are bought by a larger private ambulance company, Priority, which is owned in part by a private equity fund. Why is this a bad thing, Tom? Well, people, man, out there, people like to demonize corporations and companies, mm -hmm. and I think that's all. I mean, yeah, it's a private equity company. Yeah, they're there to make money, and they're there to turn a profit for their shareholders. Yeah. I mean, so is Walmart. 
So is Starbucks. Hey, guess what? Starbucks is two people. You know what happens you know, when you don't have funding? You, you have counters with no door. EMS. You exactly. close doors. You know what happens when you have very little crappy funding? And, and this is from my experience here, not not necessarily today. You get Jasper County EMS with good people who are trying hard and have crap to work with. But the community tries to support them, and we tried to support the community at the time. I say at the time when I was there. Uh, that's what happens when you don't have funding. So there's even a quote about an in-depth uh, uh, New York Times article. I went and looked at that article. It's a corporate hit piece. It has, it has very little to do with analysts, even though they led with that. And it's, it's really going up against this. So essentially, the quote that they give about these companies went out bankrupt, monsters, there's no statistics other than out of 12 companies that were held by private equity, Tom, they're tracking 1,100. Some group was tracking 1,100. 12 companies were owned by private equity. Out of those 12, or partially owned at least, three went under. Those three that went under had problems before private equity bought them. This is the kind of facts I'm talking right. about, people. Ask the questions. What we do on EMS Underground, ask the questions and look for the answers all together. My first question was, where are the stats? What are you talking about? And I went and found the article. And most, like I said, most of the article is basically Wall Street bad. Uh, but there are a few little, and none of the stats mattered. And they all came after they hit you right where it feels, right? Oh, my God, people are dying. Oh, my God, Amazon companies went under after after this horrible company bought them. And, yeah, big companies do some bad things. Um, so that was little one of the things I wanted to address there. And that doesn't, that doesn't say there's no definitive link that response times get worse. Now, that was said in the article, where's your data? And we know, watch the nightly news. When they really have a point to drive home, you get article after article, reference after reference, and it floats up on the screen, right, and over each other going, and, you know, these numbers were here and these numbers are here. And, and that's when you really should listen to them, when there's numbers to back it up. In this video, in this article, almost no numbers whatsoever, partially because they actually have a good question of why can't we get them. But also in this, this case, it's, it's that was that, so point number one is moot. Who cares if you're for profit? What are you doing for the community? Point number two, it says that private equity or for profit companies drive, uh, uh, the drive for profits leads to lower paramedic pay and slash to call other costs, indicating that we're skimping out on medicines or equipment. But it just says that. What's been your experience, Tom? You worked for AMR in the past. You, I don't know other private, well, Emory Flight, I don't know if that's private or not, but you've worked yeah. for private and you've worked for public. All right. I mean, I I can't tell you the difference between the two, really. I know that uh, whenever I worked for AMR in the past, I worked for a smaller division, and if it wasn't for the huge backing of AMR corporate, we wouldn't have had the equipment or the supplies that we had. Yeah. And I'm sure there's parts of AMR that are not great. Uh, right. Whatever's going on in, in Springfield, Massachusetts, same thing is, like it in, might not be great. Same thing like with Emory Flight. I mean, it was a you know they had smaller bases. Now, right now, Emory Flight's shutting bases down. Yeah. You know. Here and, and uh, air air rescue. I mean, we've had a bunch mm -hmm. of different flight companies come in and out of Georgia. And in fact, there's a big push on the radio now by these companies that says uh, air rest not the company air rescue, but air ambulances. Air ambulances are vital, especially to rural Georgia. Call your congressman today, and they're, they're trying to get government funding because right. it is cost prohibitive to do this service. Right. Uh, um, it's, it's horrible. 
when I worked for National, I chose to work there, and I made less pay in the field, but I had crisp, clean uniforms. I had equipment that worked. If I said this equipment didn't work, they'd pull This is in the, the 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s, so keep that in mind. Things change, because that's going to be my other point on some of this other stuff. And, you know, things change. Um, I chose to work there. Nobody forced me to work for National. I could have left and gone to Grady and made more money. I could have gone to the cab. I could have gone anywhere. Right. Uh, and I didn't. And they have had to stay competitive with pay, but there there is a sense of cutting costs of they would get the cheapest gloves they could. And, and But when you, you know the cheap, cheap ones, as soon as you put them on, they rip. They went right. that far. And once we said, no, nah, you can't do that, they backed off of that and went up a level and got us a nicer set of gloves that we could have. But you know what else I can do, Tom? Buy my own gloves. Mm-hmm. Now, should I have to? No. I mean, in all of this. It might sound like I'm defending a corporation. What I'm actually doing is trying to get you to think for yourself and stop listening to the, to the oh, my God, they nied. Yeah, right. some people did, unfortunately, and stuff happens in life. But is it the medic's fault? Because if it is, I want to hold them accountable. Is it the company's fault? If it is, let's hold them accountable. Is it a fact that, and one of the cases they were talking about is, a guy who was a known drug person. I mean, you, you see it on his Facebook post and stuff. He's a known. He was in the wrong element. Yeah. Got into a car with known drug dealers because they arrest. I found follow up articles. I read them. They got charged with murder, but they were known drug dealers, and they shot him multiple times. But what? And I'm going to jump to the point. What he pulls up is they sent a basic truck. National did to this call. And if they'd had paramedics, he might have had a better chance. Multiple gunshots. We don't know how long he was on the ground before they called 911, and they sent the first available closest unit. And it doesn't defin- differentiate between what we know as an EMT level and advanced. It just said there were no paramedics. Right. I know advanced and EMT are not ALS, typically. They're, they're classified BLS. What is a paramedic going to do differently for a gunshot wound than advanced? Not much. Maybe if depending on maybe where you shot, maybe airway. a de- decompress the chest. Maybe, yeah, maybe, yeah. And he was he was uh, declared dead shortly after arriving to the ER, right. which tells me there's not a whole lot anybody could have done. And right. that's the kind of thing you've got to ask: what really happened? Anyway, my point is too much drama. We're going to get to the one you wanted to talk about. Uh, uh, so this falls into that. So. The point number three, he, he, he accuses National. And, and for the record, I reached out to Benny and Huey Atkins to talk about this specifically because this video pissed me off as I'm pulling it apart going, think about these things. Because there are some good points that are made later on. Right. But you have to – I said, we can't let this stand. And honestly, my your solution, and it's a good one, is you know, like a nursing-type board. And we need to rebuild the system. The other thing we need to do is talk openly and honestly about things. And that's the only way we can bring change. And exactly. transparency. And you can't let drama like this stand because people believe it. Right. It's the fake news. Yeah. Well, and they use partial truths. So EMD. Well, it's still fake. Yeah, it's still fake. It's not 100% true. It's yeah. drawing on your, your heartstrings. And Mike, Mike, oh, Mike McElhan says uh, uh, he apparently works for National. And he's saying it's the same now. If equipment is giving a problem, it's taken out of service, and it's fixed. 
And on that call, an ALS was also sent. An ALS right. truck was also sent. But that gets left out of the reporting. That's what I'm talking about. That's why we talk about it in front of a live audience to get that feedback. And I did reach out to Benny and Hugh. And I understand why they don't want to be on a live show right. talking about these things. I just wish they and just would. So, and just so you know, if you don't want to be on a live show, we'll pre-record it. Yeah, I made that offer as well. No, I'll give them some time. I'll reach out again. And uh, we won't put anything on you don't approve. Yeah, so... Uh, uh, yeah, um, we gotta, we have to talk about these things. You have to be able to take some punches, but to be able to put the truth out there and lawsuit, I don't know if they got sued. So I'm saying any kind of legal right. notwithstanding, if you could have come on and talked about that call and said, no, we, we dispatched this, we dispatched that, here's the numbers of the times we dispatched. Right. That's how you combat this stuff. Truth is boring. Drama is exciting. People just want drama. Right. And you take that out. But, uh, that that was under this uh, uh, training thing. So EMDs, right? We're about to talk about dispatch and that 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 nine one one call that gets played. I looked it up. I cannot find where the state of Georgia requires EMD as a certification. Do. I don't think they no. do either. Everything I found said that for fire or for anything that's run by the police department, right? So a dispatch center, you are required by the state to go through specific training at a specific place within six months of getting hired uh, to be a dispatcher. Right. But that's to be just a standard dispatcher. But I don't dispatcher. think that's EMD. I'm not no, sure. No, it's not. It is not EMD. It yeah. is straight up. Uh, it's called a Georgia Peace Officer Standards and Training Council uh, as Communications Officer. Okay. So, uh, no, it's very specific. It's not EMD. And everything else said EMD is recommended and blah, 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 blah. Okay. So it's not required. What I remember about, and I was telling you this a little bit earlier, National 90% of the time doesn't do dispatch. Their dispatchers are not EMDs because they are just non-emergency. Yeah. yeah, you pick up the phone. Okay, give me the insurance information. Cool. We'll call you back in a few minutes. And you go through the verification and you call them back. They're insurance processors, essentially. Right. Um, I don't know how Athens is run right now. It does sound like they do run the dispatch. And when I worked in Athens, it was St. Mary's was the hot. But do we know how old that video, that recording is, too? I don't. I don't. Other than he says national EMS on it, I don't. It doesn't give us a time frame or anything. No, it really doesn't. Um, But they had two different dispatch, three different dispatch centers, maybe even more. But 911 would go to a 911 center, which was a police department, and you go, uh, well, in this case, uh, I'm heading to the hospital and my baby's not breathing. Immediately, okay, I have to dispatch. What they used to say is, where do you live? Or it'd come up on the screen so they know. Right. They'd either send it to St. Mary's to dispatch it. At the same time, they said, I think both dispatchers would get it so they know what the other one was doing and back each other up. But dispatch their own truck, or Athens Regional would dispatch its own truck. And that was the delay to me in the service. But you had somebody sitting in Athens Regional by the ER, and they got the 911 transfer, and then they would dispatch the truck. Mm-hmm. I presume when National came in, they didn't build a whole new 911 center and put everything together. So there's some version of that going on. And you should be EMD. EMD is qualified. The counties that I found that said we hire our own dispatchers, EMD was requ- uh, required after three months of working there. Right. So, again, we don't know how long this guy was working there. But go ahead and set up the 911 call. Well, I mean, basically the call was what, uh, my baby's not breathing, my wife's in the back seat doing CPR. And it started and, uh, in Madison and, County yeah. and hit that and cell was, tower. Then it was transferred to Athens. Athens. Mm-hmm. And then it was answered by Athens dispatcher. Mm-hmm. They found out it was medical. They're like, hold on, let me send you to the ambulance. So then they were transferred again. 
and that in guy the transfer, was not good. His job. He answered the call, and the call got cut it for whatever reason. It may have been because you know maybe they had a bad yeah. cell tower. Who knows what happened? Because you can still hear the dispatchers talking to each other. Yeah. So it wasn't a button that was hit on their end, right? Because they were communicating with each other. But the call. So dropped. then they so call back, and so they reroute him again. This time it went straight to Athens. They reroute him, um, and they get it to then he's transferred to national and they ask well where are you at he's like well i'm on the road i'm headed towards the mm-hmm. hospital he's like which hospital are you going to and i think he said saint mary's i said uh, uh people at, i don't know he said he's going to one, one, of, the hospital, one of the hospitals yeah, yeah in athens i'm going to the hospital and he's like all right i'll just let them know you're coming and then, and he, hung hung up. then yeah. he hung up on them yeah uh and that's why it's because originally cause he this is, and I'm not throwing you under the bus, Tom, but this is how the story came to me. It was like, man, you know, this poor guy had already said how many times, you know, and it was clear. My, my fiance is doing CPR in the backseat yep. of the, with the baby. And they did ask, uh, the, that is one thing the national dispatcher did ask was, um, uh, how long has the baby not been breathing? I don't know. We breathing, right? Mistake number one is you left the house. Number two, and this actually happened when I was in EMS in Athens and in Connors and other places, but specifically in Athens, was if somebody called in and they were in their car, they were told to pull over the next place you can identify, a cross street, a business, something so we can come to you. Because if you're moving, we can't get to you. Right. This guy didn't. No, None of the dispatchers did they that. Didn't, they didn't give him any directions. They yeah. just said, hey, I'll let them know you're coming. And then yeah. hung up. Yeah. I mean. Them, well, the guy sure even said, the, the guy calling in said, should I stay on the line with you? And then the ACCPD or whoever it was, 911 dispatcher went, I think the, the I think they I disconnected. Think yeah. Uh, I think he's They'll let him know the hospital. But they, they should have, I don't know, definitely should have been more. I mean, it is a, see, that's the problem with all the drama for me, is if you'd come in calmly and said, here's what you should have done, here's what happened, it's plain as day. Right. This guy might have gotten fired. I don't I mean, think National's going to stand for that kind of dispatching. I, I mean, I don't think that that's a standard for anywhere. Yeah, no. Uh, okay, your baby's going. Which hospital are you going to? Okay, I'll let them know you're going. No, that that's no. you need to tell them to pull over, find them as the paramedic, and let's be. And then, and unfortunately, later that baby died. Now the baby probably woke up dead. Unfortunately, yeah. it's probably SIDS or something. May, it may have, but we don't you know. know. But we don't we know. We should have did everything. Remember, rule number one. Yeah, dear. People you die. Can. Rule number two. Mm-hmm. We do everything we can to change rule number one. So. But 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 yeah, that was the thing. Is that That's nobody asked <laughs> what road are you on? Nobody <laughs> asked what mile marker. Where are you? We're going to get a truck your way. None of that. I mean, as far as they knew, what if they didn't know where they were at? I mean, yeah. maybe they were closer to what Morgan Memorial. Yeah, they could have, you know, could have been like, "Hey, you need to go to Morgan. It's, you know, it's two miles down the road." Or, or maybe, or maybe you're going to pass St. Mary's on the way to. Or Athens, you're going to pass a fire regional. station, and they're going to, you know, pull yeah, right pull there. Up, exactly. You know. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that. I mean, so that's not. See, that's my problem. He's got a point in pulling this call out, but at one, it's an isolated call. Right. Where's the links to dozens of dispatch records that did that? You know, where's the where's the pattern right. being built here? That's yeah. We we if you go back through my career and pulled every record I ever did, 
you could probably find some really bad calls that I had. Like I, I screwed up royally or I did something wrong or I should have done better. That even I would pull out and go, man, me, my new self to my old self, we got to put you through remediation. Man, you're you're doing crap right now. If you don't change, you're going to kill somebody. And I didn't kill somebody, fortunately. That we know of. You no. Know, you know, if you didn't write it, it didn't happen. Uh, no, that's not true. That is not true. I've told my, my students that so we would Douglas through, says know. ACCPD handles the 911 yep. calls. But he doesn't know if the EMS calls are transferred, but the initial call goes to the same room. So, yeah, so it's all police department, and then they have to send it. And I'm not sure how fire is dispatched. I don't know if they have a separate as well as EMS. Athens itself is a broken system. Any system that is older than 20 years old is broken. Yeah. You don't work on a 20-year-old Dell PC, do you? You a 20-year-old, I mean, a 20-year-old car, yeah, could probably run, but most majority Right. Well, because... We're not talking about 1960s cars that were made made to run forever. 20 years ago, you're talking about the end of the 90s where cars were still made out of plastic. And, right. And, you know, you that car around unless you just have to. Um, it, it, it needs to – there needs to be a lot of things. I, if you don't have all your dispatchers in basically one place, one room, that's a bad right. day. And have a protocol how to handle these things. So, I yeah. think definitely – I mean, this is just one example. I mean – so we, we can pull up examples in any system, any large system, there's going to be mistakes. Anything. I mean, go to a hospital. My gosh, you want to point something out, uh, Athens, for everyone? Go to the hospitals and see how many people die there from hospital-acquired infections mm -hmm. or medical malpractice or just accidents in the hospital. You'll be there. You'll be stabbing. I mean, go to the PD. They make mistakes. Fire makes mistakes. The athlete, I mean, UGA makes mistakes. I mean, everybody yeah. does. There's that's why doctors have malpractices. Yeah, Even I the mean, best doctors in the world we, make mistakes. We do everything we can to mitigate them and to make them as few as possible. But you're not going to get rid of 100 percent of them. Right. People, as long as people are in the mix, there's going to be error. Yeah. People mess up. You know, and uh, that's just the way it is. And and honestly, I think people like Benny. And, and and who knows, maybe their hands are tied because they're now owned by priority and they have to answer to somebody else. Right. But assuming that they can still make their own decisions, in this case, they still have their hands tied because when you come at them like this with, they don't they don't hold the EMD standard, they don't train people, they, they're not going to talk to you. Yeah. But if you, came, if you came in and said, okay, there was this call, and that's what we try to offer here on EMS Underground, to be clear, when you come on, yeah, I'm going to push you about these things. Why did this happen? And then you have the opportunity to go, we failed in training this person, but we either retrained or we fired them. Or this was yeah. a one-off. Here's the dozen. Here's our standard. Here in writing is our policy on here's why you have to get this kind of training. Show the world what you are doing. That's what stops the, a lot the, of these the imagination. Yeah. yeah. And, and to this last point of response times, the video had some good points and some not so good points. Right. Uh, uh, what is a call volume Athens? He didn't ask. Right. And I'm sorry, you go to two people who used to work for a company and turn and, whistleblower. Uh, no, whistleblower is no. a legal term that says this company was doing wrong, and I am going to be protected by saying they're doing wrong and they can't get me. No, what they're doing is bitching about a company with and no And the thing facts. is they're looking at all these numbers, and 
national does non-emergency transports. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing that I want to point out out there to people is you do not want your ambulance running lights and sirens to something that is non-emergency. Whenever you turn those lights and sirens on, it becomes more dangerous to Mm -hmm. the community. So a lot of these calls that whenever the state gives you those numbers, they give you all the numbers yeah. So you're looking at numbers. Are you looking at only 911 calls that are emergency that require the lights and sirens dispatch? Because I'm sorry if somebody calls and says, uh, I need to ride to the hospital because I've got a sore throat and I've been coughing and, and I feel a little nauseated. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I got a little fever. I'm sorry, that doesn't get lights and sirens. And if it takes 20, 25 minutes for that ambulance to get there, so be it. But if somebody calls and saying, oh, I'm having chest pain. It's hard to breathe. My, my heart feels funny. That requires lights and sirens. Or I can't move my left side of my body. That's lights and sirens. You know, Or I've been yeah. shot. That's a lights and sirens thing. Not, well, I haven't been able to poop in four days. I, I I'm having some cramps and I can't get my Dulcolax. Um, can somebody come take me to the doctor? Yeah. You know, yeah, yes, that's a, that's a 25, will. 30 minute response. I'm yeah. sorry. And whenever you put all those in there, that makes it look bad. So yeah. what are the responses that required lights and sirens? And so that's where they nip it. And I brought that out myself is, is through the open records. Act. Well, first off, again, bad storytelling. He goes to the Donna Martin wasp case in Morgan County oh, yeah. where she was stung and they didn't show up and she died. That case has been publicly addressed by national and by leaders and by, and by the, the family and by the state and by the family and- who said, oh, they were both running legit 911 calls at the time. Right. Why don't we have a third truck? And then Huey said, because the county won't pay for it. I mean, that's oversimplification, but that right. was, uh, but it's been addressed. So don't bring that up. Oh, they didn't respond. She died. That is barely true. And it's true, but it's barely true. You know, it, it's, it's, and the family, as far as I know, did not even sue national. Once they understood, oh, they are legit on two nine one one calls. We don't have enough trucks. There's let's no start, reason to sue. Let's start. I mean, they're the ones starting to, to say that family of Miss Donna Martin is starting to go. Let's raise some taxes so no, this didn't happen to anybody else. So we put right. a third truck in here. Let's do more. You know, that's how you change the world. Anyway, so it goes to that. So skip that. Um, but no times are actually given in all this. So from the whistleblowers, which again, if you're a whistleblower. If it's true that you would watch, and this is a statement made in the video, I'd watch the county take their literally, their he said literally, their last ambulance in the county to run a non-emergency train because they were chasing profits. One, I worked for National for five or six years, and Mike is working for him now. And uh, if you see that happen, you should be a true whistleblower, call the state legally and say this is what's happening i will testify to this i am watching it right now i've got recordings that's what a whistleblower does not just stand by and watch it and not just and i can tell you well i didn't fully agree with their practices and how they did not non mercy i never saw national take accounting to zero trucks available to chase a dollar right they will put up another truck they will try to to they will try to get somebody to call in uh, 10-8 as early as they can towards the edge of the county so then they can take a truck and send it up. They have a truck stage at the hospital ready to go. 
but they can still take 911 calls. They do a lot of things that are edgy to me, but never did they do, because that was what a whistleblower would do. Right. So you throw that out, back it up, and oh, they don't have exactly. the numbers. But they got the raw data, which they did not share in this video, by the way. They just said they had a CPA look at it to verify the numbers, and over only 39% of the calls were at 859 or lower, which is that F, that fire standard that people keep right. quoting for urban area for yeah for urban areas for not you know so they say it's 39 percent overall but that's what you're talking about they're lumping yeah. in the non-emergency calls as well not the transports and we don't you. and we don't want people we don't want ambulances running lights and sirens to non-emergency calls right it endangers the public uh, uh so they're mixing the number now now here's where they actually get into See, you buried it under all this crap, and I had to dig through the crap. I almost didn't, unless Tom, Tom said he wanted to talk about it here on the show today, or wouldn't have done it. Mm -hmm. I had to dig through the crap to get to the real stuff. The Oversight Committee, which, uh, which governs national and, and how it runs, in four years has not actually looked at the run numbers. Nobody's looked at the run numbers. National is the only one who has them. Uh, other than, I mean, I know stuff gets reported to the state, but you know how that goes. Right. You know, Freedom of Information Act ain't free. It is very costly right. uh, to get um, and then you have to understand the data you're looking at once you do get it. But that's a problem. You're an oversight committee. You don't have to share that with the public. Right. But you absolutely should know this is the run times. This is the percentage they're hitting. And they showed a clip of one of the Athens meetings where um, the hospital representative stood up and said, you know, their meeting uh, is like 89, 90%, which is the contractual. They were at 88% for party one and the, the city and um, better at the, cause it's a 12 or 13 minute response time in rural zones, uh, which would be Watkinsville and Winterville and those kind of things. Uh, you know, they, they were basically within their time frame, and that's why the hospital said we back them up. Um, but he was asked, well, have you seen all of the numbers? Do you have all the raw data? And he had to say, no, we haven't really seen that data. That is a problem. See Athens right. for everyone. You need to breathe and focus on what you really want. Do you want to improve the community? Then focus on getting those numbers and be transparency. That alone. Stop dragging yeah. all this through the mud. Stop making it a hit piece on the ambulance service. Because I'm going to tell you, sure, you'll get national gone. And you won't get anybody in power because you won't get power. So you won't get anybody in power to help let you help pick out the next service or help dictate what the terms are going to be. What you're going to do is get the next lowest bidder to come in. And take over. And then you start this process all over again. Exactly. Um, this, this whole dragging about training and dragging on, you know, if you want transparency, focus on transparency. Just stand up at every meeting and just make embarrass them. Embarrass national, embarrass. And, and, and you know, I'm, now I'm saying this and still wanting to have Benny or Huey or any somebody from Priority to come on. And I'm saying embarrass them, but it should be transparent. Embarrass the council members going, wait. I mean, I'd go to every meeting, and my simple question, every time they know it's coming, is like, have you looked at the numbers yet? I don't even know what they are. Have you looked at the numbers yet? Oh, you haven't? Okay. I'll see you in a month. And it's just on record every time that you're an oversight committee, but you're not exercising oversight. That's a problem. How do you fix that, Tom? Well, one, they have to have access to it, because I think that's been a problem, getting access to the numbers. The yeah. other thing is, is this oversight committee is behind closed doors, so you really don't know what they're talking about or what they're doing. 
So yeah. Closed meeting. Yeah, and they have to sign non-disclosures yep. as well. But and that was one of the things they, that I get. I understand that's that if you're talking about everyone. patient information, and that's probably where they're getting that from. They're hiding behind that HIPAA thing, which is, you know, maybe. Uh, maybe. I mean, I think that you could have a meeting, and whenever it comes time to talk about, but then you have to have a public meeting afterwards. Then you have to. Everybody has to leave. Or so that's know, where you have that subcommittee, right? You have the board yeah. that you're talking about, and you, this is a subcommittee. Yeah, you do the private thing, the non-disclosure. You talk about specifics that are HIPAA violations, whatever. But then you make a report that you take back to the public meeting that everybody can sit in, and you go, "Okay, here's what we saw." And numbers are not HIPAA violations. Right. Response times are not protected information. As far as, as that would go. So you, you need to have those public. And, and obviously the clips were from public meetings where they put it out on the right. closed circuit or uh, the local TV cable channel, whatever. And you can watch the meetings or go to them. Um, and honestly, there was some ignorance even there about, I guess, I just tell my people, because uh, uh, some, so, so this happened to Amos, never showed up. That word never is very interesting. Very, uh... So you're telling me never, like you called 911 and nobody just bothered to show up. But you're not driving a Lexus. And I point that out because if that were true, you could have sued them like that and won a million-dollar settlement and be driving a Lexus today. And you're not. So where's the truth? The truth falls somewhere in the middle. And we need to talk about it more. We need to get it out more. Videos like this are detrimental to our cause. And I'm going to be clear about what my cause is. My cause is better working conditions, better understanding of how the system works, a better system, and transparency for all. I don't know why a company wouldn't put out numbers of this is our call times. Right. It's, 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 and the only thing, the only, to me, the only way you're doing it is you're hiding it for one reason or another. Right. You know, and, uh, Lifesaver EMS, I think that's what you said earlier. So Lifesaver EMS has this 911 contract and they know their response times are bad. So if they put them out, when their competitors see them and their competitors go, no, I'll bring in four more trucks mm-hmm. on top of what they have and I'll do better. And they don't want to do that. Or they'll, they'll just lose the contract, period, because you've messed up. That's what we all do as kids. We know we've messed up. We tried to hide the mess and make it worse. But the thing is, so what? I mean, if you know that you've got a problem, then you need to fix it. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, I don't remember. I, I was never privy to response times in Jasper County, but they paid really low. I mean, really low. Mm-hmm. And there we went six months without volume on a truck. And every day, the, me, I was one of the medics and the other two medics, we signed statements that said, we've checked this off, we've requested more volume, the hospital won't give it to us, there's something going on every day, because that's our license on the line. And we, and we filed complaints and finally got it. But that was there was either some kind of battle, whatever. There's money issues, there's battle issues, there's politics, whatever. We took care of it ourselves. I can imagine, you know, you get bad response times because people are demotivated and they don't want to do their jobs, right? They take extra a minute, two minutes to get out of the station, and you start publishing that, and then it's going to be a, a bigger battle of, well, you need to make sure Tom gets out of the station faster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, this is how I run things. Yeah, that's not going to happen. Because while I can tell Tom and try to say for the better good and, and saving the community, and it's your job, it's why you got into the field, Tom turns to me and goes, yeah, well, I can't put food on my table because you're paying me $10 an hour. Right. You know, and I can't afford to put gas in my truck, much less put food on the table. So I'm really just... I'm tired, physically mm-hmm. tired, because I'm working three jobs. It, this all, it's a big picture. It's a big mess, but we're getting there. Yeah. So what else you got before we get out of here? That's 
Happy Halloween. <laughs> Sorry. I hope it's uh, a quiet you, night for everybody yeah, tonight. You know, it's uh, rainy storms coming through. Everything. Supposed to clear around. out by, like, oh, here's the crazy thing about weather, right? So the raining and storming right now, supposed to clear out around 7, 8 o'clock. It's 71 degrees when I heard this this morning. Right. It's going to drop almost 30 degrees when that rain clears out. It's going to be 43 by 9 oh, o'clock tonight. Global warming at its best. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, happy Halloween. Sorry we're not having the haunted house this year. The Everything on the square was canceled. Yeah. Anyway, it's a kind of a blessing. We just had things going. We've got some a lot of things going on here. And we're just not able to dedicate the time to it to do it right this year. We will do it next year. But... Luckily, because everything was canceled anyway, and all that work would have been for Neil. So, yeah. So next year we will do it bigger. We plan on doing it bigger and better next year than we ever have. So. Yeah, it's gonna be good, and uh, I, I we did dodge a bullet. I mean, we didn't know it was coming. It was just right. life, but yeah, um, yeah. Good. Everybody be safe. You know, I hope you have a quiet shift. Yep. Because I say the Q word because I, I don't think it's Way a real go. thing. Where you People are going to come after you now. <laughs> Charles said it, not me. Charles at e- G-A-I-E-M-S dot com yep. is where Send you can to uh, email me. Um, but, yeah, be the change you want to see. I've been posting that a lot lately, but that's what yep. we're doing is we're not just ranting and raving. We are openly talking to the AJC about our experiences and what we understand. We're trying to talk what's to our, our elected officials. Right. Um, we are we're out there beating the street, uh, going to try to get do whatever we can do. Mm-hmm. And Stan, you know, support us, like our page, share things. You know, support us on Patreon too. Um, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. You know, join the state association. Join the national EMT association. You know, there are lobbying groups. Get your voice heard. Start hitting those representatives saying, hey, look, you've got to make changes. Elect people into places so that changes can get made. Right. Do it. And then, you know, put yourself out there to, to run for office no. yourself and, and, and really make a change. No. <laughs> I don't think I could do that. So uh, be safe, for everybody. Come on back next week. Uh, we're going to have some guests on in the next month. Uh, right now, uh, AT&T actually has reached out to us. They have a yep. big uh, public safety push going on right now. And they're going to come talk about uh, their appreciation of public safety and what they are doing about it. Yep. And then uh, we've actually lined up Courtney Twilliger, who's on the Georgia Trauma Council and uh, is also the chief EMS educator, I believe. I think it's Habersh- Not Habersham. That's Chad Black. But I'll get the information correct before Courtney gets here. But Courtney has agreed to come on. And then we're always reaching out. We're trying. If you've got something you want to say about EMS, you work in EMS, you've done it for years, you're an educator, you're a company owner, uh, you're a congressman, you're somebody who wants to know more about it or just talk to us, reach out. I mean, it's right there. It's at charles at dot com. You can see behind Tom. i got to look behind Tom because he says blocking it. 678-561-2368. Option 8 is what gets you to me. And uh, leave a message if I don't answer. Uh, we can keep it private. We can put you on the air. We can do all kind of different ways to yep. do it. But we have to talk about the problems. We have to address And not just, again, not just hate on the problems, but come up with solutions. EMS Underground, man, that's where we ask the questions. And we expect everybody to go out and find the answers. We will see everybody next, next week. week. See ya.